You're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from the Asian American perspective. Episode 90. 90. 90. 90 weeks in a row of the Clubcast. Like man. It's Thursday, October 20th, 2016. Where did you just go? Did you say September? I almost went September because time has lost all meaning because True. apparently we never stop. Can't stop, won't stop. And Minji's trying to kill me with all these um, projects that she's making me do. Pretty much. But hi. Hi. I'm Marvin. I'm Minji. And we're your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. And this week, we're joined by two very special guests, Mr. James Yi mm-hmm. and Alex Chi. Or Ji. In Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fitting because they are the producers of Gook. Yeah, they are the producers of the upcoming movie, Gook. We're going to talk more to them about that film later on in our feature segment, but uh, it's right now on Kickstarter, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. And it's a film that takes place during the L.A. riots um, back in 1992, a seminal moment in Asian American history that a lot of people don't really know much about, especially from the Asian perspective, from the Korean shop owners in K-Town. So, um, the looking kids. <laughs> looking the most forward, important people are the kids. <laughs> won't someone please think of the children? Yes, they are. <laughs> Excited to have you guys. Thanks for being here. Welcome no to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. But before we get to them, um, every week we like to start off this podcast with a roundtable segment where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian I think America James is like ready stuff. to go. Yeah, James. Yeah, James oh, yeah? <laughs> well, let's start with His James then. What's on, like, what's so on your mind? Am I going? Um, oh, wow. You're going to throw the gauntlet on me. <laughs> no, you came prepared with notes, we're talking though. about road everyone's, notes for everyone's my film. Oh, about your film. Gotcha. You okay. know, I, I'll start us off. What's been on me? Because this, okay. this was my topic last week, but we had, didn't have enough time because we had Jeff Yang, um, journalist Jeff Yang, on. He was so good at talking that. Um, <laughs> we're just sitting there like listening. No, so <laughs> articulate. Um, but my thought, I, so I just took this big trip up to the Pacific Northwest and I drove for the first time up there. Up and back, like twenty-hour drive total, and it just got me in this like, where else can I drive kind of mood, right? And I realized not everyone likes driving long distance, um, but for me, it it, I, it really goes back to um, family road trips. Like we used to take a lot of family road trips. Um, I don't know if this is an Asian thing or just a family thing, but for us, it's because my dad was too cheap <laughs> to buy us plane tickets. Well, um, if you have more than like one kid, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was always, it was always the, um, did you want, there's this Fresh Out the Boat um, episode two about this, where it technically was a work trip. He went to go to the Magic Convention, which is this big fashion convention in Las Vegas that happens twice a year, but we all came with them, and he came a family trip, so he just leave my brother and I off at the arcade and go do his business stuff. Um, just wanted to throw it around the table, see if you guys had any similar experiences, or is it, is it just me? Oh, no, I no, totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%, I, all my family trips were the same. <laughs> I think we went skiing every year, and we went on to Colorado, and every time we would just 
hop in the van with multiple families and we would all <laughs> just caravan up there. Um, from where? Where were you driving from? From Dallas, Texas. Yes. Yeah, so Dallas to Colorado. Okay. Dallas to Colorado. And then wow. I have family in Tennessee who we would go visit every Christmas. You drive to we Tennessee? We would drive to Tennessee. Yeah. Nice. I think it's the same thing where my, where my dad was like, all right, you know, might as well just put everyone in a car and we'll just go together. Yeah. So, yeah. That could be fun, honestly. And we had, we Maybe had the <laughs> first time it was fun and then the 10th yeah, time. like a 20 hour drive. We had a Mercury Tracer hatchback, so we just made the back. Like the the hatchback part of it into like our tent. Nice, yeah. So we just no, like, it's we like made a, a fort. game out of it. Yeah, it's a mobile fort. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. I we we did we did Lake Tahoe. I'm from the Bay, and so we went to Lake Tahoe, which honestly you don't realize until you're an adult how lucky you are that that was a regular thing. Like I've literally had a conversation with my brother where we've had issues with our dad, you know, being the grouchy, tough Korean father. But I'm just like. <laughs> Dude, we're, you're not even recognizing the good. Like, there's a lot of things that we did great, like those road trips. I brought that up actually the last few months, where I was like, we. There was one trip where I sat in a van. And we put a chair in because we didn't have enough chairs for everybody, <laughs> like seats. I sat backwards in an actual chair in a van that was totally not safe. And if we, God forbid, if anything had happened, I had no restraint, nothing. And we all took turns in this chair. That's how we rolled. I totally remember stuff like that. Like we, our family, like uh, my uncle had a station wagon, and the back of the station wagon there would be no seats, right? Yeah. But then there would be at least six kids just laid out <laughs> in the back, right? Yeah. Completely <laughs> unsafe. Camping. Yeah. This and, is before and it, it iPads. Was, okay? It was yeah, it was back in the day when there was no TV, so we have like those little small TVs. Whatever. You guys brought a little TV. Yeah, we brought a little what? TV and we put it in between the driver and the passenger seat. Yeah. Like, oh in that right there. We had connected. a portable like. Exactly. Almost Flip up DVD players. Oh who my was god! Watching. No, well, we that had was like, school actual yeah. big, like not a big TV, but like with a, the rabbit ear. It wasn't antenna. small. No, we had like the VCR. Watch like Korean. Uh, how would you power <laughs> that? like Nintendo. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. We would just put in like a converter, and that was. Whoa! Like, that you're was, high tech, yeah. dude. Yeah. It wasn't high tech. I think it just my. We had a tape recorder. We had the sing along to like Disney really? stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you made your parents listen to Disney songs on long Hell trips. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a universal thing that will never end. All the parents now know all. The lyrics to Frozen. Let's be real; like it, it's never changed. Yo, they all I'm, know Little I'm Mermaid. I'm old enough to remember eight tracks. Okay, like, yeah. Uh, okay, so this is, <laughs> what are those? You guys are on some <laughs> other level road tripping with your family. You're not on. We're not on James' level. Yeah, I know oh. how it's like. We, we we had like eight track tapes and like crossword puddles. Okay? Yes, like, we was, did. We did. Um, what was it? Ad, Mad Libs. Mad Libs. We did Mad Libs. We actually, my brother, this did is Did you funny. do them straight up or did you put dirty words in them? We did not do, we were children. <laughs> we kept That's it, what children do. We have dirty words in Mad Libs. Well, it was my brother's, and me, so it was, like, there was some level of decorum. He went to decorum. the wiener. And no. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, actually, I just remember this, when we used to go camping, so we do Tahoe in winter, camping in summer. I had a blessed ass childhood. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed nice trip. to go to Tahoe whenever you wanted. It was really nice. And then, um, but in our camping trips, this is when I was like five or six. My brother was eight or nine. He and his friend would make a radio show in the backseat. Like they, they brought a tape recorder and they'd be like, and I just remember the theme music was from I Love Lucy, but I didn't know that at that time. They would just go da 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 da, and then they would so make they were a making radio. like podcasts. So they were in the making, you know, car. yeah, prehistoric podcasts on that, our camping That was your trips. training. Yeah. Well, I was listening. I was serving. I was uh, executive producing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really, was you weren't being like stupid boys. 
No, I was just, I was highly entertained. They were really funny. It was my brother and our friend Chris, and they just like talk about stupid stuff. Yeah. Like, what's that barn over there? Like, they just talk as they're, dri- <laughs> as they're driving. It was really funny. Aww. Anyways, that's, that was on my mind. I just wanted to share. Um, just like, it was more of a solo drive for me, so I was listening to podcasts Where'd on you the go way to? down. I went to um, Seattle and Vancouver. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was in um, Oregon for the uh, Asian American Theater um, Festival. Okay. Um, and then, just made a weekend out of it. Went up to Seattle, Vancouver, saw some friends, and then drove back down. That drive down was long. Nice. Did you yeah, get a I lot of to, reflecting? Yeah. I was <laughs> listening to this um, podcast that uh, Washington Post does called Presidential, where it's like a history podcast. Every episode, they highlight the history of one president. This each. is why he is like the best person to have on your trivia team. He knows <laughs> so much. So I learned about you know Millard Fillmore. And, uh, See, who is that? <laughs> I don't even know. He was the president after... Uh, I knew that in fifth grade when I needed to memorize it, and that's about it. Anyways, it's terrible. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. What's on your mind? Let's, who's next? Who wants to go next? <laughs> let's go to Everyone's pointing so, at so, each so other. So supportive. Let's, let's, go with, let's go with James. Um, something that uh, has been on my mind lately is um, the actual term Asian American. Mm. So I have... Um, some of my white friends recently talking to me about, you know, we're discussing the whole casting and lack of diversity in Hollywood and the media, and they were talking about, well, you know, there's all these new shows coming on, like Fresh Off the Boat, and um, and I was like, you know, and they, and they were kind of talking to me in these very, like, broad, generic terms about the Asian-American experience, and they were trying to be on my side, and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we get it, you know, we understand that this is an immigrant experience, and Aww. your families came overseas, and, and, then, and then I just started thinking, I was like, and then they, you know, and they started referencing, like, things on different shows, and I was like, well, you know, these are, and they started talking about very distinctly different Asian-American experiences, and I started to realize to them, they actually didn't make a differentiation between the Korean-American experience, the Chinese-American experience, the Japanese-American experience, or, you know, all, all around, right. Vietnamese, Southeast Asia, whatever. Yeah. So it kind of got me thinking, like, in a way, like, they were being supportive and saying, yeah, we, we're, we want to support the Asian-American agenda and diversification. But at the same time, I started to, started to thinking, like, is the term Asian-American also kind of diluting the Asian American experience in mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was just something that came up recently, and I was kind of, I mean, how much <laughs> how much focus do we put on to saying, well, we have to differentiate Koreans from Japanese to right. uh, yeah. whatnot. But and I mean, the term Asian American didn't really come into existence until, like, I think the 60s during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, and we need to bring back one of our Asian American historians to talk to us about this. Oh, there are people can. They've talked to us about us. this before, yeah. but before then, it was it was like it was Korean American, Chinese American, <clears throat> Japanese American were all like kind of their own communities, and there wasn't really a rallying. So the term Asian American, from what I understand, was created to create some sort of you know like critical mass in order mm-hmm. to to um, to organize because we all have similar touch points, right? We have our Especially like you know, we're talking about East Asians here because you know Southeast Asians, Southeast Asians, South Asians didn't come in until maybe seventies, eighties later on. Um, so they had similar touch points, and so using those touch points, they were able to you know create a a dialogue. But you no, know, what you're talking about is something that is always brought up whenever it comes to representation. You know things like uh, fresh out the boat. We talk about rep sweats. So we talk about how 
so much pressure was put on this show to, to succeed, to like further the cause of Asian American. And then All people, people were watching it and saying, well, that's not my experience, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, because it's a Taiwanese American yeah. family. Yeah. But you can't look at it as like this needs to represent everyone. But the fact that there are Asian faces being represented is a victory. And from there, Part of that. from Absolutely. there, you yeah. can start making baby steps because um, something that's also something that's come up in politics, right? Um, there's this big um, California state bill that just passed that will disaggregate healthcare data for, um, for, Asian Americans. So instead of Asian Americans, you have East Asian, South Asian, Pacific Islander, like breaking it down mm-hmm. so that you can have more visibility. Because something that happens is, you know, with the Asian umbrella, a lot of communities get become invisible. Like I have a lot of friends who are in the Vietnamese mm-hmm. community who aren't, you know, they aren't as, it's just sounds really sucky, but well off as like some East Asian families from like the Bay Area. Yeah, everyone right? assumes that Asians are all rich and all went to an Ivy League school. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the, mm-hmm. up until now, I think, up until the last couple of years, maybe even the last year, it's still the widely shared story or perspective. Like We're all highly educated. We all yeah. like hardworking. But some of us, like there's a bunch of us, especially from the refugee communities who, are, who came with nothing. And like are you know are making great strides, but still need help, you know, yeah. or need to be there's their their struggles need to be represented, represented, Absolutely. right? Um, like Pacific Islanders have um, disproportionate health issues in terms of you know obesity, diabetes, things like that. Korean people got mental health yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Right? No, I mean, no, I mean, yeah. I mean but saying. I think that's why it kind of has been on my mind is because at the same time I don't want to take away from the strife that the Asian American community as a whole has been making. Yeah. Um, but I feel like somewhere in the mix of that, there has to be some, not has to be, but we It'd do be have, nice if. Not nice, not. <laughs> It'd be helpful. Helpful if, yeah. if, if there was a way to I, give a little more cultural identification to each culture. Yeah. Right. It's the same struggle that like American culture has in terms of recognizing diversity, right? Like mm-hmm. they need to recognize that, that American culture is not just white anymore. And in the Asian American community, like, you know, not that we have to recognize, but we have to be more aware, more, um, I guess, mindful that Asian American also covers, like, South Asians, Pacific Islanders, and Southeast Asians that typically, because you look online, you look at a lot of, like, Asian American stuff, and it is heavily, like, East Asian. East Asian, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's actually, for a collaboration, we work with a lot of other orgs, and we we have made an effort and just naturally organically have met more south asian people mm-hmm. and they're like yo why don't you guys include us in anything yeah. like yo why do you guys pull away from everything like you guys have your own south asian crew but everyone has their different perspective of yeah. what they think is going down absolutely but i kind of had a reversed issue with um, cuz i get it, it was the asian term to umbrella all this diversity i kind of had this realization that even with white people, I, I don't know the nuances that they assume that I know about, like being Italian or being right. from <laughs> Poland or from being, you know, being from Germany. I'm like, they, they'll say but, things and with this assumption, kind of like how I would talk about, well, I'm Korean, so blah, blah, blah. I'll say the it. one distinction, though, differently is that when someone asks me my nationality in reference to being Korean American uh-huh. or Asian American, I just naturally, I automatically say Korean American first, right? Before I say Asian American. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with my Italian American and German American friends, they don't necessarily say, oh, I'm Italian American. Of course, yeah. For, you know, they just say, oh, I'm white, I'm American. Yeah. Right? So for, I guess there's like, for them, they have kind of assimilated to being more than one generation removed and multi-generation right. to feel more 
uh, natively American than Italian or German. Right. So in that sense, of, so they rarely ever identify themselves as Italian first versus American. Right. Well, I feel like with Asian communities still, because we're still, especially with Southeast Asian and Korean, like we... We migrated here in the in the eighties primarily, yeah. so we're still the newer generation of immigrants in this country, and I feel like there's still a distinction for us, right? Like I don't, I distinctly identify myself differently than a Chinese American or a Japanese mm-hmm. American, while my Italian American friends don't necessarily distinctly view themselves differently from a German. Right. American. I mean, I th- ca- that I being said, like though, that, though, there's there's still plenty of like. TV shows where that's obviously an Italian family. Oh, that's an Irish family, mm-hmm. you know. And I wonder, like, is true. the goal, and I wonder what the goal is for different people. Is it to feel like you're just, I personally, for at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm really proud to be hyphenated. I really mm-hmm. like that I have a distinguishing multicultural background. I do too. Yeah. So, and, and and I think there's there's definitely people who feel like the assumption that you don't speak English, like that's annoying as hell. Like yeah. what? Yeah. No. Like, oh my God, you're so good in English. Like, no way. I was born in California. <laughs> my, my favorite in high school was like when the kids would be like, wow, you speak English better than I do. And I'm like, what are you talking You know? Yeah. I think you're it's like, like, read it's, a book. It's, yeah. like a, it's like a worldview thing, right? I know probably if you're around white people all the time, they probably do self-identify. So, oh Yeah. You know, like, my family's Irish. Oh, we're so Irish Catholic. We're so Italian. Like, we have huge family dinners. Like, people say, like, like, oh, like, like, well, I'm I'm Jewish. So, like, well, and I was like, I don't know what that involves, <laughs> <laughs> like, fully. <laughs> I don't know all the nuances. Yeah, so maybe we all just need to learn a, a little yeah, bit yeah. more like, about each other. <laughs> yeah, so I'm learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're all learning. And I just re- I realized this, especially in New York, because I was just around so many different people. Yeah. And I enjoy that. But The New York Italians, especially the Jersey Italians, are very proud of their Italian. Very, very, yes. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Right, you're right. Um, yeah. Definitely, it's, definitely deeper roots in the East Coast. I've noticed. for sure. Yeah. But I guess it just comes down to this whole issue of like identity and labels and and how we label each other. And, yeah, and yeah. I like, but I think that it's great just to like be on a positive note. I think that it's really great that your friends are so supportive. Yeah. Like, albeit they're still learning, but the fact that they're like <laughs> on that, yeah. on, like wearing jerseys, like oh, I'm teen Asian America. Yeah. That's I think that's great. I, yeah, I mean, before yeah. no one gave a shit. Like, I mean, I, right. I personally I don't make friends with people who aren't open minded and good. supportive. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you know, like attracts like. At least they try. That's, yeah. yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> All right, um, let's Alex. What's been on your mind? Um, let's see. Well, this morning I was telling James earlier. I read an article about. Uh, the remaking of Captain Planet, which was awesome what? to me. I don't know if you remember that show, but for me as a kid, that was one of my favorite shows. Um, and it just brought to mind all the other, like, I know you guys touched upon Mulan last episode too, which is, you know, a big controversial talking point. Good thing. It looks like it's headed towards the right <laughs> Not direction. Being controversial um, but yeah, especially with all the other, um, like, Disney becoming live action with, like, Aladdin and with, you know, Beauty and the Beast coming out and stuff. Um, I don't know, just when I saw that, I was, I didn't know how to think of it because I was like, oh, I love this show, but do I want to see a live action of it? Will they butcher it? wreck it? Exactly. Um, Yeah, and it's just... I mean, I think it's timely because we're totally screwing up this planet you know like, <laughs> yeah. if, if the real Captain Planet came rest just in like, peace to the coral reef by the way <laughs> yeah that's a it's actually dead there's, I know, there's been I an article know. like dead really and dying are the same things um, but it's near there <laughs> it's actually so we can talk about that yeah. offline it's, it's um, there's been a lot of but Captain Planet yeah. Captain Planet yeah, take a, care of the earth a, yeah there's a Korean girl who's supposed to be one of the 
like in the show, like the five, was it when I think she was the water girl. <laughs> I think she was Korean. So water, yeah, key, water, yeah. She was a, she was a Korean. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Maybe it's your G. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Are they are they auditioning people? Can I wait? So who did you say was uh, behind all of that? I saw. It oh yeah, it was. Uh, it just said Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the producers of it. No. As long as he, as long as he doesn't play. <laughs> maybe he, maybe when I first <laughs> saw the posting, I thought Leonardo was going to be Captain Planet. And yeah, I'm that's like, what no. I thought. I was like, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be. Done. It's Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. <laughs> Don Cheadle is the Captain Planet. Leonardo, I think he can play a good like industrialist. Villain guy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's already, like, he can play, yeah, he's already played that in, like, Django Unchained. And <laughs> very charming, like, I love Don polluter Chido. of the world. I love him. <laughs> he can play anybody in my book. This That's, does, this kind of touches my, one of my pet peeves with Hollywood, though. It's like, I hate it when they do remakes of something that's already good. See, I'm, when well, I heard they were doing a Jumanji remake, I was really, really upset. What? Yeah. Jumanji was, yeah, what? that's a tough one. But yeah. I feel like, no. I feel yeah. like Captain America falls under, like, it's Captain, 90s Captain now. Planet. Captain Planet, sorry. <laughs> Captain America's already been made. Um, Captain Planet falls under, like, that. Like, it's It's been long enough so that yeah. the younger generation has no concept of it. I didn't like, really no, watch it. I knew about the show, but I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. But, they, but they, they usually blow it, though. I mean, look at what they did to Gem in the hologram. <laughs> I think it's. I agree where yeah. I think this, the Captain Planet one, as a huge Captain Planet fan, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, one, yeah. because it's never been live action. Yeah. Also, Gem was. No, I think adapting 80s cartoons to the big screen is a little bit tougher than. Well, not tougher. It's different than adapting 90s cartoons. Yeah. Right? There's, there's also like 80s cartoons a lot broader. And Gem didn't really have like a deep canon of backstory, right? It was, Actually, I've never or, watched Joe. Or G.I. So. Joe is yeah. another one that I think oh they ruined. Oh, my God. They've like, ruined that. And Transformers. I fell yeah. asleep in that. Halfway through G.I. I was like, I give up. See, at least tra- to me, Transformers at least was like along the lines that of the cartoon. Yeah. But the G.I. Joe was like completely yes. missed the boat for me. Yes. Um, but yes, they're making Jumanji with... The Rock. Dwayne. Yeah. No. Johnson, no. And Kevin Hart. And Kevin Hart. They oh, literally no. are making no. it into, it looks why? like a straight con. I don't know why. It doesn't, they it does, so it doesn't make sense. They can no. do. Robin Dude. Williams is, that's unacceptable. Yeah, I think it's like that, the original wasn't a straight up comedy, but with the cast, they, yeah. have, they have those two and Jack Black. Like, I'm okay with the Jack Black character. He can play like straight up. Yeah. But still be funny. But the other the two Rock are just ridiculously over the top, and they are—they're yeah. known for being that over the top duo. They're good at that, but yeah. that's not—that's not Jumanji. Not, yes, that's Dude. blasphemous. I just, yeah, I just wish they would stop I'm taking start films and shows <laughs> that were already <laughs> good and successful, and then yeah, just bring back like a remastered version of the original Jumanji, yeah. Right? Yeah. or like or, or follow ta- it up or something. Yeah, or take a <laughs> film. That had potential, but you ruined the first time, oh. and then remake those. Like, don't make, don't remake good ones. Remake bad ones and make them better. <laughs> but I'm this whole like remaking good ones and making them bad. Well, what if they cool. make it bad again, like Spider Man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at, least so try, but, but at least try to improve something bad rather than ruin something already good. That's true. Clearly, they don't have any taste because they thought that it was like not good enough, and they need to well, throw the rock. They're doing in. the Hulk thing now, Spider Man, which is like let's just bring them back, but as a side character, yeah. so they they don't have to carry their own movie because that worked for Mark Ruffalo's Hulk in the New Avengers. That's the same Hulk as the Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah, you just didn't. didn't Actually, didn't. That. That's the one I didn't watch. I thought that Eric Bana did a great Hulk, and I did really like Mark Ruffalo's. Ed Norton had a better Hulk than did he? Eric yeah. Bana's. See, I didn't watch that. That was one. like that was um, Ang Lee's like super dramatic Hulk, <laughs> right? It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't keep up. I was like, I already watched this movie. I already know. Like, I don't want to watch the 18th version of the yeah. Hulk. Was Edward what Norton bo- the one with Liv Tyler? Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one I didn't yes. watch. Yes. Okay. Because um, Eric Bonner was Jennifer Connelly. Gotcha. Yeah. Face Jennifer Connelly. I just don't think <laughs> remakes, man. Come up with some original what stuff. What if they bring the uh, Korean Hulk? Korean American Hulk. That very fitting. He's the color of a soju bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and K Rage, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, then we, that'll be the that's jumping off point for I would, mental health I would, issues. I would watch a Korean American Hulk movie set entirely on a one crazy night in K Town. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. Dude, that would be a more legit adaptation <laughs> than anything. That's else. what I'm saying. That actually makes sense than The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jumanji. Like, what well, angry that? scientist as yeah. Korean? I mean, that's. So believable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already set it up because you heard it here first. We came up with the idea. So this is my nerd moment. So the Korean American Hulk character, Amadeus Cho, which is created by Greg Pak, um, he's actually the son, canonically the son of the character in Avengers Two of the Korean Doctor Lady. Oh, really? So ah, they already set up the character okay. to come. Damn. As, you know, we'll see. He's angry. Anyways, nerd, nerd, you don't nerd, get me, mom. Nerd moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me Just do think, my art. Think teenage angsty Let me do guy. my art. Think your older brother or younger brother. Yeah, my Coke older brother. Powers. My old, no, my little brother's like the noble one. My older brother was the angry one, <laughs> and I was the angry one. All right, really quickly, Mindy, what's on your mind? Um, South by Southwest, we oh, got in. Yeah. I can finally oh. announce it publicly. We are the first, I believe. Okay, I might be wrong, and I don't want South by Southwest like calling me up and be like, "You crazy lying person." Um. <laughs> I think we're the first ever panel to talk about Asian Americans in media, like straight up about that topic. They've had Asian American speakers. I, I searched Asian South by Southwest. I searched Asian Americans. I like looked. I don't think they've had, they probably, they probably had representation panels, but you know, maybe, maybe black Hollywood, like yeah. black actors, black Oh yeah, actors. yeah. I'm sure they've had diversity, but, but not yeah, us the, talking about. The Asian about. conversation is relatively new in like the mainstream circles. And this know. year just gave me so much stuff to talk about. Even this morning when I read about, when I saw Phil's Angry Asian Man's blog about Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Like, why? (laughs) Why? Anyway, I can talk about Milan. Let's talk about (laughs) Jesse Waters. We can talk about Matt Damon. We can talk about ScarJo. We can talk about Emma. This is all from like one year. You know what I mean? They just (laughs) handed it on a platter. I'm like, let's talk about this, It just keeps happening. Do you think it's because it's just starting to happen or we're just noticing more? No, people are pissed off enough about it. (laughs) I think it's happening more because I think um, yeah, Asian Americans' yeah. backstories and characters are becoming more relevant in right. mainstream society, and then 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 they're recasting them, right? Yeah. So these so before there was less Asian anime and Asian films that were coming over to the U.S. Now that that's coming happening more, um, so that I think that's why it's happening. Yeah, maybe it's kind of what you were saying earlier, where like. They're trying. They're just not doing it well. Yeah, right? they're doing it horribly. Like, oh, we, really, really bad. Diversity, go. This star, this, there's an Asian guy in this. Bruce Lee. Everyone knows Bruce Lee. But we kind of need a white guy to head it up because that's how... And, and, I he, and he's going to fall in love with the Asian girl. <laughs> I can't yeah. do anything without you, John Smith. Well, okay. Um, before we fall deeper, um, for listeners who haven't, who don't know what we're talking about, um, context, collaboration, context. Um, we put in the panel picker, or Minji put in the panel picker um, um, proposal for South by Southwest, which is this huge interactive film music festival in Austin every year. It's like where all the cool stuff gets announced. Um, and 
basically to propose a panel on Asian American representation based on all the shit that's been happening and um, it got accepted. So now there will be an Asian American representation panel at South by Southwest. I'm assuming for the film um, it's festival. It's during the conference. I think it's during interactive. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for us, this means battle one's over. We got it on the bill. It's going to happen. Now number two is we need to make sure that people are there. Yeah. To listen and hear. We got, yeah. that's what I was like, I, I felt really confident that we would get in just because when we had, there's a voting portion. Mm-hmm. So you have to fill out the whole app. You have to make a video. Um, you have to like talk about it and share. And then the community vote is like a third of your score. Um, it's not the defining thing, but I think we got a huge surge of yeah. support. Um, Cause people shared, I, I didn't expect it. I thought like, please friends, whoever, but <laughs> it kind of took its own steam and people were sharing it and commenting on it and saying, holy shit, we need to make this happen. This is so necessary. And um, I'm just really grateful because I was, I, was, I was pretty blown away. I mean, I, I, I felt that personally, but I didn't know that other people were that gung-ho. <laughs> so the panelists are you, Minyu Chang, executive, executive director of collaboration. Um, Phil Yu, everyone's favorite angry Asian man, mm-hmm. um, our, our spokesperson in... Will he be the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> um... Dante Bosco, who everyone knows, either as Rufio or Fire Prince Zuko, depending on how old you are. But he's been in the industry for yeah. a long time. And Jenny Yang, comedian, and she's 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 become like the response person. She's like, right, oh, you're telling us how to eat pho. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're gonna make fun of people in Chinatown. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go make a video about it. <laughs> so it's gonna be a great panel. We're super excited yeah. about it. Yeah, have you guys been to South by before? Yeah, I was there two no, years ago. Nice uh, for K Town Cowboys. Nice. I went. Yeah. I was at. That's where I saw oh, really? the premiere. Okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. So I was. Uh, I worked on K Town Cowboys, and then nice. Um, Bobby Hung was there with for his uh, big phony Love show. Bobby. Yes. And my family actually moved to Austin now. So from Dallas. Nice. From Dallas. Yeah. Nice. Um, I love Texas. And we're well, I love Austin. we're submitting to South by Southwest yeah. too. So hopefully, I've had films. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll see you. That'll we'll be see so awesome. fun. Yeah. So um, hopefully we'll be there too. Yeah. And on that, and, and on that note, um, let's take a quick break um, to talk about some collaboration updates, and we'll be back with the producers of Gook. Hey, everyone. Marvin here. Just wanted to remind everyone that this podcast is part of Collaboration, where a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our API communities. You can learn more about Collaboration and our website at www.collaboration.org, where you can also find our other content offerings, including podcasts, videos, and blog articles. Collaboration also wants to remind you that we have a couple great events coming up in November. It's our Empower Creative Leadership Conference and our Collaboration Star Grand Finale Showcase. The conference runs from Friday, November 11th to Saturday, November 12th, and features keynotes, panels, and workshops from prominent Asian professionals in the entertainment industry. You can learn more about the conference as well as register now at empower.collaboration.org. Also that weekend is STAR, featuring the grand finale of our annual talent discovery showcases. Six up-and-coming performers from all around the nation will be joining us in LA to compete for the national title of Collaboration STAR. The show will also feature some great guest performances, including a confirmed collaborative act by Collaboration alums Jane Louie and Paul Date. Tickets are on sale now at star.collaboration.org. One last thing before we go, um, the Collabcast is proud to be a founding member of the new Potluck Podcast Collective, a new collective of Asian American podcasts and podcasters, bringing you fresh perspectives and unique stories from Asian America. 
The Collective is gearing up for our official launch later in mid-October, but you can get a head start by following us at Podcast Potluck on Twitter, as well as checking out our website at podcastpotluck.com. And I think that's it. Um, don't forget, you can always contact the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from you. And with that, let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to episode 90 of the Collabcast. I'm Marvin. Here with Min-Jeezy. Min-Jeezy. <laughs> I don't know why that came out. <laughs> I didn't make that name up, but for the record, my friend made that up and it just stuck. You use it, so I know you adopted it. It's well, it's become a persona. Oh, it's a- and imaginary friends are valid friends. Yes, they are. <laughs> I, I embrace my creative mind fully. <laughs> We're here with the producers of the new film Gook. Gook? James Yee Gook. <laughs> Gook. Gook. James Yee and Alex G. Chi. Chi. Alex G. Okay. Why? Doll. <laughs> That's how he says tour. He goes doll. <laughs> so the film's done, right? You guys are in post-production now? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We had this uh, amazing shoot this summer. Um, and, um, and now we got the film in the can. And um, we started this Kickstarter to do post-production for the film. Um, and we're submitting stuff to festivals yeah. and just trying to get things done. Well, so tell us more about the film itself. Like, what was it about? And... Um, yeah, what, what, what is it about? I guess that's a good place to start. Yeah, um, well, Gook is a film about two Korean-American brothers that own a family, their family's women's shoe store mm-hmm. um, in Paramount, California. And it's, they're struggling, and they're trying to get by, and they have a unique uh, friendship and relationship with an 11-year-old African-American girl from the neighborhood. Um, and it's a typical day in the hood, um, but it happens to be uh, the first day of the Rodney King verdicts and the mm-hmm. first day of the riots, um, and that's kind of the backdrop of the film and the kind of what happens throughout the day with them. Okay, so it's like a kind of like a less funny version of like a one crazy day type of show, right? Like, is it yeah, one yeah. day? It yeah, is. Yes, yeah, so the whole film day. happens in one day. It's the wow. first day of the riots, um, and yeah, it's um, kind of a slice of life type of. Okay, I uh, love it. Film. That's uh, that's awesome. I mean, our friend Chris Din posted something on Facebook saying that there's you know there's two other scripts out there right now about movies mm-hmm. about the um, Korea the Koreatown riots, LA riots um, that took place in 1992 after the Rodney King verdict got everyone super mad. And one of them is both of them are more about the white black dynamic than the from the Asian from the Korean American uh, you know side. You so know, the people who got all their everything burned down <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Yeah, what was it? King's one with, the one with Daniel Craig as the protagonist white male who yeah. saves the day. With, with Halle Berry. With Halle yeah. Berry. Like, he right. saves oh. South Central and, <laughs> and Holly Berry, Halle Berry falls in love with him. You know, typical Hollywood. Yeah, and this is something that, so for me, um, I grew up in San Gabriel, so East, mm. East LA, like East and, Easter than East LA. Um, and so when the riots happened, I think I was in the second grade, um, second or third grade, and it was just something that happened. It, even though it was like 15 miles away, mm-hmm. it was like something that was in a different world. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't until um, I took an Asian American Studies class in college where I actually watched the, um, the documentary Saigu where I you know, kind of first started learning about the Asian American side, of, the Korean American side of things and like all the, you know, the devastation and the, like how it was focused on the Koreatown area. Mm-hmm. Like where, like they're literally kind of funneling all the chaos to the Koreatown, like in South Central, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, during that time, there was um, a large, you know, 
Korean business contingency that uh, was in Compton and South Central. Um, so a lot of our parents' generation, when they first came to the States, the businesses that they could actually afford were um, liquor stores and, and, and shops um, in kind of the ghettos, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, it was lower income and so they can afford those businesses. And so we kind of, so over the, over the course of time, Koreans kind of established themselves as kind of like the business class of the inner cities and, right. and kind of, and so they're, so kind of it, it naturally evolved into kind of a socioeconomic kind of yeah. stress between the black and Korean community. And when there's a popular uprising, you like, you lash out at the people who you feel like has, have power yeah, over yeah. you, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. to, I think to, to the African-American community during the riots, you know, they felt like it was kind of a, a pogrom, like an uprising, uh, not only against the establishment, but uh, the most identifiable immediate establishment was the Korean business owners, right? Mm -hmm. so, that's, so if they can't go and burn down City Hall, then they're going to burn down the merchants that are, that they, that they, to them, they perceive of as controlling all yeah. the money in the neighborhood type of right. thing, right? So, so it, it was, to me, it was kind of a, a unfortunate but natural reaction of just how the di dynamics of the, of the communities kind of Right. Work. And something that I didn't I learned through like taking Asian American studies and actually learning the history, like even this recent history was that, you know, the police were pretty much told to stay out of it to just like protect the they hills. They protected Beverly Hills. Yeah. So yeah. So what happened was that um, in the eyes of the police, they didn't want to escalate the violence, the, <laughs> the violence and the riots. Right. So they created a perimeter around South Central and Compton. Um, to contain the violence, to contain and the let violence it, within there, let it yeah. just keep going um, until they're tired. Yeah, and so, um, and I actually have a documentary called Dark Progressivism that kind of talks about the um, graffiti art and cholo culture in LA, and it, it was directly involved in the '92 riots. Um, and 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 we talked to some professors who talked about how during that time, like for the African American community, it was a revolt against the establishment, against oppression, right. against police brutality and oppression. But for the Hispanic community, it was a poverty uprising. Like for them, they were, um, they were poor, they were, uh, um, and so for them, that's why they started looting. It was, so it was, there's two different kind of um, energies and ideas and in in that kind of drove uh, the riots, mm -hmm. and so on one side it was the anger from the African American community against their oppression, and then they identified the Korean merchants to be part of the establishment. Right. Uh -huh. And then for the Mex uh, the Hispanic community, it was like a poverty uprising, and so right. they they were looting shots because they were getting um, stuff, stuff. For free. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so, yeah. so really afford, Koreans right? just ended up becoming. <laughs> In the cross section, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the literal police, scapegoats for yeah, them, and like, the city, and the yeah. city, and the and the, and the police kind of let them become the scapegoats. Right. Well, I mean, why take the blame when someone else can be your patsy? Right. That's mm -hmm. kind of. Well, it was crazy. Well, I was just telling James and Alex how I was on this. Well, so Marvin actually during the L.A. lap of <laughs> the L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival, um, one of the documentaries was the. What was it called? Saigu. Is that one called Saigu? Yeah. Okay. So I watched that, and as a Korean-American person who's lived in California my entire life, and I grew up in the Bay, I had such little understanding about what the riots were about. I'd heard it. I heard of Saigu, like, for a long time. I didn't care. I didn't, fi like, do research on it. It just was something in my universe that I heard 
in the outside. My mom would talk about it occasionally. She's like, oh, they're, they're talking about Saigu on Korean news. And I'm like, that's nice. I'm hungry. <laughs> like, I didn't make it a thing. So it was really like the first real education mm-hmm. on it. And then to see that it was very disturbing and very, you know, heart-wrenching and infuriating, all the things. But, um, yeah, later in the summer, I just kind of went on this, like, rant like why aren't they making we need this is why we need Asian actors because I'm an actor too and I was like we need to make a freaking movie and I don't even want to be in it because I didn't live in LA I need someone from LA who's Korean American I need Korean American women and like they need to make it because I was it was like it was from a selfish point because I was talking about movies I wanted to be in and then it went off like we need to make that story though and we need people who lived it so people who care and know the nuance that's a story that needs to be told I grew up in the Bay, so when Fruitvale Station came out, well, there's no Asian people in that, but I was there that night. Like, I was on the train before oh, wow. uh, Oscar Grant. And so I just remember that vibe, and, like, I feel like I belong in that movie, but it's already made, you know. As the Asian girl on the train. As the Asian girl on the train, <laughs> on her cell phone. That could have been, you know, easily. If I was on the train, I would have been on my phone filming it, too, you know. But, you know, I was saying that, and then, like, I think two days later, I found out that <laughs> David So was working on the Google movie. I was like, what? <laughs> And it has nothing to do with what I said or my complaints, but I felt like the universe She'd was answering my, yeah, my you, yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Even they'd already... Yeah, they're, they're already like halfway well, I mean, done. <laughs> I mean, we definitely... It's a lot of people who share your sentiment, right? Yeah. Like for uh, Justin Chan and I, um, when we... We actually first started this concept maybe three, four years ago. Wow. And we've been kind of... Ba- and the original idea was like an actual straight comedy. Um, and it was a lot of different characters um, than what it is now. And over the years, it kind of evolved, and we just kind of bounced the idea around. Um, and and it, was, it wasn't until earlier this year when we finally was like, you know, next year is the 25th anniversary yeah. of the yeah. rise. And then Justin came to me and was like, dude, I just came, uh, I just got sent a script um, uh, about the LA riots, and it's terrible. It, misrepresents <laughs> the whole situation, doesn't represent Asians at all. Does it start yeah. Daniel Craig? And how <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, actually, it's actually the other one. Oh. <laughs> which, is, it's just, which is all about the, uh, the city management and how the yeah. city... Or how they like successfully saved LA from the riots. That's supposed to be the D. Um, <laughs> it's a zoning thing, I swear. <laughs> like, and I so know. that's when we were like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just make this film because it's, it's so necessary, it's relevant, and then with everything that's happening in the country yeah. with Black Lives it's Matter. It's so timely. It's, it's, it's the um, same thing. It's, exact, it's, it's just 25 years ago till now, it's like almost no change. Right. Um, so, yeah. Which that. why that's that was also the other part. Like, wh- why is this not being told from every aspect, mm-hmm. from the human side of it, from the people who are, like, the victims, the scapegoats, the everybody, the people getting damaged, getting losing their lives and livelihoods, which is the same thing. It's like... I don't know. My parents own it, run a dry cleaners, and I've talked about this on our podcast before. Where like a guy that was I was maybe gonna go on a date with like made fun of my parents, saying like, "Oh, your parents," because he saw my Snapchat and he's like, "Oh, your parents are such a cliche." And that's just like, and he's a white guy, and I just got just the rage was through the roof. To anybody seeking to date Minji, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't make fun don't of my parents. Shit yeah. about my immigrant <laughs> parents' experience. I will end you if not in person on this podcast. Whatever, I'm live streaming. I don't care. She read um, me the response. I was like, does Snapchat allow you that many characters? No, that was on Facebook. That was on Facebook. No, he messaged me and we had a dialogue. Like, oh, wow. and I'm glad I have yeah. it. And, you know, he, he noticed that I blocked him. I didn't say anything. I was like, yo, that's not funny. I, 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 my reaction was very, very subtle. 
And then it just stewed in me, of course, for the next like several months. And then he noticed I he I blocked him, and he's like, "Hey, I I I know that that wasn't cool of me to say, and I just want to say I'm sorry if you felt offended." Which is like, if you felt offended, yeah. and I was like, no, I'm <laughs> sorry that I offended you. you. Yeah. I'm sorry that I said something that was not right to say. That's what I want, you know. And then I went off about it. But in any case, like I just feel like that story is not there. And then last week I was in the Bay. Um, my parents are selling their house. They're trying to sell their business. I'm sitting there working on our voter registration event, which, you know, just trying to bring Asians up to, like, voice their opinions through their votes. Like, use your power. Like, speak out on this stuff. In general, that's my whole thing. I just want Asians to, like, we have all these emotions. We have all these stories and struggles, and it's just largely silenced, mm -hmm. you know? And voting right now is so relevant. And then I was sitting in my parents' dry cleaners. They're just running around. And my dad's turning 60. And I was there for his birthday. And I'm just like, so many emotions were in me. I was like, this needs to stop. Like, all this self-suppression, the oppression, the silencing, all of it is just so... And it just... I didn't know how to express it or anything. Um, but yeah, no, that's why I feel like everything that you're saying is so timely. Like we're at this point where things need to get out there mm -hmm. into the universe to represent and to share that story. I think that's why organizations like yours is important too because Thank it gives you. a platform to empower people to try to break from that self-suppression and to and to find a voice and to and to take a voice. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've been in arts and film production for nearly 20 years. And um, I started my career off doing primarily um, African American films, um, and and just because I'm just just naturally I just prefer to do indie art art style films, um, and so I, I and 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 minority driven films. Um, but I couldn't embrace the Asian American experience and and being an Asian American filmmaker early in my career um, because I didn't feel like the Asian American community themselves was embracing it and was empowering themselves to say, hey, we, we, we aren't these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. We yeah. aren't, you know, because I felt like they were actually per perpetuating this. Like when I was growing up, they, my parents did want me to be the stereotype, right? They're like, go to college, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a Republican, be a good Christian. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, they're, they're all the things that I don't want to be. All we, the we straight have, and narrow. Because yeah. we have the benefit of being having not that bad of a stereotype if you're thinking about the modern minority That's our, myth, People right? literally ask me yeah. to my face, like, why are you guys so upset about how people see you? Because <laughs> I think Asians are like, the uh, you like you can't be like them because they're too good at everything. And I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't so, know, man. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. So for yeah. me, it was... Initially, it was hard for me to embrace it, and later on in my career, I embraced it more and more as, as a, a way to empower not only myself, but the community around me yeah. to kind of show a reflection and tell our story in a, in a new way. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I feel like now in 2016, like, this this is the cusp, right? Like, especially for Asian American community, like, um, also, I'm an older guy, uh, and I was resistant to YouTube when it was first getting popular. I was like, "What are these kids doing with these, with these videos?" And, I and now you're working with David So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but, but, but let me. It's, it's, no, it's, it's what really are you doing, meaningful, man? though, because the, the the evolution that I felt about yeah. it is that I've come to embrace it because now YouTube is this amazing platform for Asian Americans to have a voice, mm -hmm. and and they're using it as their platform to launch their ideas and to spread. A, a different alternative view of Asian American community. 
Yeah. So it became, it grew on me, and now I embrace it. And now I make <laughs> films. Like my last film I made was Kev Jumba. This film I made with David So. And I think it's a very important aspect of our new modern society and a culture. Um, and, it's a, and, and, and I was resistant to it, and now I embrace it as something that is, is a platform and a voice and something empowering for Marvin's me. like a, a version of you, by the way. He's, what are you talking about? He's always talking about the young people. Thing I've always embraced technology. <laughs> I, am st- I, I still identify Wait, I, as a millennial. Oh, no, right? no. It's just funny because he's just like making fun of... I just can't stand those damn young millennials. <laughs> <laughs> the really hipstery young millennials. Well, Alex, so like, how did you... So you got involved in the project through David yeah, so, or Justin? Um, through Justin, actually. So after k Cowboys, I was working at a production company for a couple years. Very cool. Uh, which was great. And I actually met Justin while we were in India shooting a movie. What? Um, but yeah, I was there for like two and a half years and you know it was a good first step into the industry. But it was one of those things where during those two and a half years this was like the first movie set that I was actually on and you know although like I didn't think I was actually making an impact to like the actual film industry and then you know I was talking to Justin then we had you know some nights out after filming in India uh, which was ridiculous by the way um, that's what needs to be filmed yeah. Indians know how to party <laughs> yeah they are yeah um, yeah so then he told me about this Combined project too Koreans. and then um, you know I was just fortunate enough to be involved with like to be involved in such an amazing project you know as as a first time producer and working with Justin and James and and then once I read the script, I was like, yes. Like, I was just saying with you, I, I'm from Dallas. I don't know too much about the LA riots. I've, I've heard of it. I've heard how big um, of, a t- uh, like, how big it was for, you know, Koreans in general. And then, you know, after I read the script, after I read up on it, I was like, this is very relevant. I, mm-hmm. This is a project I want to be a part of. And then I was yeah. like, when can I start? Nice. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, we were very yeah. lucky uh, to have Alex come on board. It was, like, perfect timing for yes. him. He was in yeah. between projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were grateful that he came on board. He, he brought a whole level of professionalism to us that really helped us out. You know, this this film is a true like community-based film. Like it was low, like it was literally like one of those like Justin and I had a dream, mm-hmm. and like we and then some friends. Yeah, <laughs> and then, that's and then, how it works, you guys. Yeah. This was po- this podcast was Marvin's dream. I didn't want to do it. I was like, why? I tell this story way too many times. Yeah. People, <laughs> I don't, complain. People, people don't believe you. Anymore. No, I complained for like an hour about how I can't talk about stuff for an hour. I was like, what are we going to talk about for an hour? Like, what is it? Like? And then an hour goes by. Yeah. And then we spoke for another hour. And then, the we spoke. <laughs> yeah. and then every time he's like, shut up. We need to end. But Alex, you, so you've, you've been, we talked about this last segment, but you've been to South by Southwest already, yeah. right? With um, K-Town Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. Right. So. How was that experience? That was really cool that they got to, that was there, for like me. Elmo. That was that was amazing. I being from Texas, uh, it was my first time actually at South by Southwest, and actually having a movie out was was a great. So experience. the first time you went was having yeah. a movie there. Having a movie there, which nice, was, very which nice, was, which was awesome. I mean, well growing done. up, I was a huge University of Texas fan. My little sister went there. My uncle went there. <laughs> um, so we're very, you know, hook'em horns. Hook'em horns, definitely. <laughs> well, now you have a place um, to stay. Exactly. When you go yeah, in we were telling, we were we get in, you know. <laughs> and hotels are Unless scarce, we, man. Uh, hotels are oh. scarce. It's there's like yeah, it's crazy over there. Um, I I really I was like I my my this. mom is going to you know just cook food for everyone that comes. <laughs> oh my god! And um, they'll I'm, they'll drive us back and forth. I was like yes. That's my so, aunt. So my aunt yeah. lives in Austin. Yeah. I, I stay there eight days oh, this wow. year. So I was there and I loved it. I yeah. loved it so much. 
Where am I staying? <laughs> I don't know. We got to get a collaboration house. I mean, we're, you know. It's true. We got to hold it down. <laughs> no, and then Jenny and Phil might, st- I mean, our friends will probably stay with us. Yeah, this would be, be like. Insane. Asians taking over South by Southwest. Yeah. This year, Let man. us please. <laughs> Giant slumber party. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. With uh, all the Asian snacks. <laughs> <laughs> bring, who, bring. Are, who are an awesome uh, snack box as an awesome sponsor for us? Awesome. Snack oh. Fever. Snack, snack fever. fever. Very yeah. cool. They sponsor yeah. the movie too. So. Well, I love And David's a friend of mine. I, I've met Justin, and I think that the work that he's done is great, and the, his career, like how it's progressed. I watched you know, Soul Searching, and he's telling really important stories. So I'm just like very grateful that both he's going for it and that Hollywood is giving him that shot and that the art community is giving him that shot. Cause and I, yeah, I like this trend of just, we're moving beyond stories where we're struggling with our identity and are we American or are we not? And now just telling our Asian stories that this yeah, is, like, uh, this is, this is my life. This is the stories of Asians in America, you know, like, you no know, LA riots is one thing. Exclusion act is another thing. Interment is another thing. Like the like touch points of, you know, the history of, I'm gonna make mine about yeah. <laughs> Tinder guy making fun of my parents. I'm yeah. I mean, there's, I will make there's that. a lot of you know, there's a lot of stories that can still be tapped. You know, yes. like just, just everyone has inside jokes about their, you know, their growing up. You know, growing up Chinese in South San Gabriel Valley, growing up Korean in like Churchland, growing up like <laughs> that movie. Yeah, and I, I think that I agree with you. Like yeah. for me. That's why it was hard for me to embrace being an Asian American filmmaker early in my career because everything was like Joy Luck Club or like yeah. it was like <laughs> my like parents this, understand the, me. the epic you know yeah. and then you know and like I have to find myself find my you know and I was just like dude I just want to just like tell a story of like some just kids like yeah. rolling right. around or whatever you know like and so now I think it's evolved to the point where like Asian American youth and community is now saturated enough into mainstream society that are regular stories. Because <laughs> like before I was like, why do people like Woody Allen get to make two hour movies over and over again about just a bunch of Jewish people in New York, right? Who aren't really doing anything, right? They're just, right. It's just slice They're of just life. Bantering. Yeah, They're just being Jewish. Like how come, how come Asian Americans can't do a slice of life movie like that? Because yeah. if we try to, they say, oh, you don't have an audience for that, right? Yeah. They say it has to be some epic samurai movie or like some epic Im- immigrant yeah. story. And I- yeah, I mean, even um, the K-Town Cowboys, like, the original, you know, mm-hmm. web series was about one crazy night in K-Town. It's like, I've had that night. I know that night, you know? <laughs> very, yeah. very well. You have and scars have from again. nights like that. <laughs> and and so there's, I, I, so I think, like, as we evolve the storytelling and the opportunities we get as filmmakers, uh, we get to just show different interesting dynamics that isn't just the typical immigrant story or, or the Hollywood-style yeah. immigrant stereotype story. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely challenge um, other Asian filmmakers to try to embrace that. And I think, yeah, I think they are. I mean, we're seeing much more variety of Asian-American films coming out now. That, I mean, that's what's yeah. going to really tell the story. <laughs> the story is a collective of many billions of stories. Yeah. Much like we can, we can kind of aggregate, you know, Full House and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and you know, the Green Mile, I don't, like, whatever. All of those <laughs> tell the white American story so well, which we all know the history. We all know the nuances between the South and East Coast and, you know, New York versus California. We know that, like, so well. So then yeah. instead of remaking Spider-Man for the 80th time, 
Let's make cool. Oh, there is stories. a Korean Spider-Man. 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 Spider-Person. Silk, who is a... Well, that'd be dope. Yeah. Okay, new stories. Like, the remakes. Okay, you guys, like, the remakes. I will say one last well. thing, though. I think the issue is, call, like, focusing in as Asian-American film. Mm. Like, so, so I get... I, I was trying to touch on it and didn't clearly articulate it. But for me, it's like, I'm, Ameri- I'm a person, I'm American, and I'm culturally Asian. Mm-hmm. So if I just tell my story, yeah. it's naturally going to be That's an Asian-American yeah. story. Yeah. Instead of focusing on trying to tell an Asian-American story, just tell our stories. And yeah. it will naturally become an Asian American story. That's what he was saying about our podcast. Like, we didn't have to talk about Asian stuff. It's funny. It's ironic because this year has been so full of Asian-centric mm-hmm. topics that we we do want to talk about it because it affects us and we need to, like, let our minds, like, go. Yeah. But, again, we're just talking about road trips. Those road trips are Asian American road trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not, there's no agenda to make, totally. like, yeah. you know. We're just eating shrimp chips instead of Lay's. Yeah, yeah. We're still eating Lay's, but. I want to know if any other family had a chair, a spare chair that they put in their minivan. That is pretty. <laughs> that's I've dangerous. That. Yeah. yeah, that's. It was a cargo van. Didn't actually. happen to us, but it is a very, like, I can see yeah. an Asian dad doing yeah, that. Yeah, it was just a chair. And we're like, all right, like there, problems, Minji, you sit there. Problem like, right. solved. What? China management loss? What does that mean? <laughs> no seatbelt law. What? <laughs> anyway. um, yeah, and definitely, I think it's really important, especially with the 25th anniversary of mm-hmm. the, the LA riots coming up. Great time. To have this story come out and compete against like it's it's the um armageddon deep impact thing yeah. happening right like three <laughs> movies with the exact same topic but this is the one that has like the perspective i'm interested in yeah you know? yeah yeah armageddon wins in my opinion oh me too but deep impact <laughs> some people say that's a precursor to obama because it made it normalized the idea of a black president ah uh, I mean, it did have yeah. impact. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so late. Like, I have dad jokes. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we wrap this up, um, let's like uh, let's plug your Kickstarter. You guys yeah, are, are still raising money for post-production, right? Like, we all are. just we met are. your goal, though. Yeah. Um, one, one week in, we met our goal. Which, wow. You know, yes. very, that just shows woo. that this is something that people want to see. Very overwhelmed and you know, truly humbled by the support of everyone. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're still like, you know, raising money. It's That was like every dollar that keeps getting pledged and keeps getting donated will make our film that much better. Um, we just posted an update of Justin singing a song that we want in our video. It's a pretty funny uh, nice. uh, clip. But yeah, I mean, you know, all the stuff and to go to festivals and not sleep on couches, you know, getting like, yeah. those expenses and marketing expenses. And food. And food. Um, you should get David <laughs> to sing something. We sh- um, is he not? Yeah, I mean, no, like they, they we still, we still have, we still have three weeks. Yeah. So we still have three oh, yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. left in our Kickstarter, and we definitely stretch will goal. be releasing. Yeah. yeah, we'll have stretch goals, but we'll be releasing some, you know, cool behind the scenes stuff, nice. some footage. Oh my god, that's David. I, I would, that's a whole singing. other thing yeah. I would want to see is behind the scenes stuff. He's a pretty oh, good yeah. singer. David's a uh, yeah, David he great first, singer. He first wanted to become a singer. Yeah, that was like his first dream was. He actually so he was in our collaboration open. I started the collaboration San Francisco chapter mm-hmm. and I remember he showed up at our um, San Jose open mic and I was like you're the comedian dude but talked about the UCLA girl like that's how I knew him <laughs> and he's really funny and I was like dude I love you and then he pulls out a guitar and I was like wait what <laughs> like and then he started singing at our open mic and I was like 
Oh my God! Like, <laughs> yes, David So has many hidden talents he that does. people may not be aware oh, of. Oh yeah, very talented young man, and we were <laughs> blessed to have him be part yes. of the film. Yeah. Super excited! I just thought about this. Like, the other film has Daniel Craig and Halle Berry. They're obviously going for an Oscar bait movie, right? That's, is that what that's going to be? Is like, because it? it's, it's well, that it's kind of like late. is it coming out now? next year? Oh, like, then next year. I think I, I don't know. Are these are they in production? I'm not. They're sure. not in I think they got yet. so much backlash when they first released. Really, the, like, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, they got uh, when they when the premise first came out, there was a lot of negative cri- mm-hmm. criticism and critique about it. Uh-huh. So. Um, yeah, I, I know that both the other uh, L.A. Riot films are not in production yet. Oh, so okay. we are actually quite Jumping ahead of the game yeah. on them. Oh. High five. Um, nice. Yeah. And so uh, right now we're actually just waiting for Sundance to give us word whether we've been accepted or not. Nice. Um, Good yeah. luck. And so, I'm going to yeah. go to that. And yeah, yeah. so Fingers for crossed. all you guys who want to, and girls, and non-gender conforming people, yes. uh, <laughs> who want to uh, support, make sure this movie gets out and sets the tone for the other two Poser movies. Um, <laughs> Could have said it better. You gotta, gotta <laughs> support and, you know, um, either that's, you no know, buying a ticket to watch the movie when it comes out mm-hmm. or supporting the Kickstarter or just, you know, staying involved and amplifying, signal boosting it. Um, we definitely, you know, this is, this is the one that the community will definitely rally around mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, oh, it's in yeah, July, so, so it's June, July. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna go read these articles now. <laughs> <laughs> um... And on that note, uh, thanks so much, Thank James you. and Alex, for joining Thank us you guys. Uh, Thank you guys for, for this us. episode of the collab of the the, 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 <laughs> the collab cast. There you go. We should have picked a much easier pronounceable yeah, name. Tough. You chose it. I know. Well, <laughs> we, we kind of settled on it. Yeah, we, we settled. Collab cast, of course, is a genius naming. Like, not at all lazy or <laughs> toast genius. <laughs> I mean, it's ninety episodes in. You guys can't even yeah. think about it now. So. Um, no, we'll do a remake. <laughs> James and Alice, where can people find your things, your stuff? Well, um, go to Kickstarter and look for our Gook campaign, G-O-O-K. Um, you'll see our Kickstarter video and updates and um, and, and uh, synopsis and all the information about the film on there. Um, and we'll be putting out regular updates, so keep checking in. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I guess your personal stuff, too. Like, where can people follow you, find your, your work? Um, I've worked with Justin a lot before, so you can actually find a couple of films we've done that are on uh, Netflix right now. I did a documentary called Twinsters, um, and we did a comedy called Man Up with Kev Jumba. Yeah. Um, that's on Netflix now, and uh, I currently have a documentary called Dark Progressivism um, about L.A. graffiti art, the history of it. Um, that's uh, going to be screening at the Berlin Independent Film Festival uh, later this month. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, we also have a Facebook page, Birthday Soup Films. It's actually pretty funny because we can't have a Facebook page called Gook. <laughs> like, like, Facebook doesn't allow yeah, you because it's wow. a derogatory term. It's a slang. Like, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, Good on you, Facebook, but also on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, so just go follow our page there, and we'll be sharing updates from there as well. So right. Awesome. And that'll do it. Uh, Reminder that anyone listening can send us uh, an email with feedback, questions, or topic suggestions at podcast at collaboration.org. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher, and anywhere you can find podcasts through our RSS feeds. If you do um, follow us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out, and it makes us feel good. Nice, nice fuzzy feelings to know that people listen. People listen to our podcasts. Did you know that? Yes, they it's do. It's freaky. With fans. <laughs> um, <Burpees. laughs> 
Thanks again to Paul Date for use of his song Invisible World for intro and outro. You can check uh, out his music on Spotify and also wherever you find music. Uh, and yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We're getting close to 100. Yeah. Exciting. Countdown to 100 starts now. Starts now. Uh, for Marvin, Minji, Alex, and James. Uh, thanks for listening to the Cloudcast, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Turn